Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Value Line Observer brought to you by the Value Guys. I'm Vern Value. And I'm Val Hughes. And we're 20-year Wall Street veterans that you've uh, seen quoted in the newspapers and interviewed on TV, but our bosses would never let us bring you our unvarnished, unguarded, um, sometimes poorly informed Secret views, views. <laughs> poorly informed, yeah. uh, on stocks. So we've gone underground. We've disguised our voices and appearances. We've adopted secret identities. I've gotten um, a, so that I've, I've got a pet. So also. as as we go through the uh, weekly value line investment survey uh, and talk about stocks that we think look interesting, uh, we can do that without fear of retribution. This week we're looking at the value line investment survey from November second, two thousand seven. And I'll remind everybody that this is for entertainment purposes only. We might own any and all of the stocks we're talking about. Just assume that we're terribly conflicted about them. And you may not be entertained. Be aware of that. Yeah, well, there's a probably a better than even chance. Of, of that. Um, and uh, there's a lot of other things you should or might be interested to know about us uh, that you can read about on our website, www.thevalueguys.com. Back half of the show, I'm going to come back and talk about Three uh, small-cap ideas that have been hammered lately for a variety of reasons, but, but they all have kind of interesting themes behind them. But uh, first, I'm, in, I'm going to turn it over to a, a potentate in the peerage of what prognostication. What are you getting to be too much. Thank you, Vern. Thank you very much. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to make a potentate. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, is that it? You have a rosé's handy, or where's that coming from? <laughs> Uh, which parent did that? No comment. From? Anyway, uh, we're doing the show in an odd time this week. Again, due to secret travel plans, um, we can't do the show Friday. It's actually Wednesday night, and today was a good day in the market. I think uh, uh, portfolio was up about a percent today. And having said that, How I... about that Fed? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, uh, they're going to try to save us from ourselves, and that gives the market confidence. I guess we're not going to have a meltdown or an immediate recession. And as I pointed out last week, well, you know, or in, if we are, that it'll end at point. At in some ni- point. Yeah, in, they do end. I mean, since Ronald Reagan lowered taxes in 1980, recessions have taken up six percent of the time, and in the 20 years before that, it was about 15 or 16 percent. And if you get into the 1800s, I mean, there were recessions and panics every seven years because there was no information. We have a lot of information now in real time, and that mitigates a lot of problems, including information about inventory and how much people bought stuff yesterday and if that means we should slow down production and all kinds of things that smooth out the process. And evidently, even fear we're getting a little handle on by cutting interest rates a little bit. Uh, I know the dollar's going down, but, you know, I buy most of my stuff in dollars, so it doesn't bother me. I know that U.S. manufacturers are going to sell more stuff overseas because it'll seem like a bargain. And we're buying stuff overseas and sending them paper. You mean because the dollar's yeah. on sale, right? Well, they think so. I mean, they're taking, they're, they're giving, well, they're I mean, sending us stuff and we're sending them paper. And I think that's a good deal. And we've been doing that a very long time. True. Um, so I don't have a problem with it. In fact, I want to no- note, I pulled up some stats today just for the naysayers out there about the economy and the world. I've got some data. This is from the... Did you uh, see the consumer confidence numbers? I didn't, but I saw the GDP numbers. Uh, What's the consumer ah, confidence Oh, number? you mean the game that's already well, over. You saw, saw the, the score. I saw the Chicago did we Manufacturers win? Index. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, it was down, right? right? A little bit, yeah. yeah. Consumer confidence. The expectations index was... Uh, 
way below expectations. They don't. Consumers are seventy percent of the economy. My well, friend. what they say and what they do are very different. The consumer in the retail channel is uh, clicking along just fine. It has been, and you know, obviously that could change tomorrow. That's what people have you worrying about. But uh, you know, here's what I want to say about this. Go for I've it. got some data from the Bureau of Economic Analysis. Okay. And uh, you can go to it, BEA.gov, and they've got data in there about real disposable personal income per capita. And I'm saying, if you're going to have an economy, what's it about? What's in it for me? Why would I do it? Well, here's why so you would do I it. So I get more. You would do it <laughs> so you have more real disposable personal income. That's what you oh, get to spend that's what's on that stuff there. on. Yeah. And I've got data here going back to 1959. These are in real dollars, so this is adjusted for inflation. Oh, were you like a, 12 then? Yeah, yeah just listen. Okay. Let's try to be serious for a moment because oh. this is serious stuff about America and the economy, and the naysayer pundits are going to nail you on this. All I'm giving right, you some information right. here. Uh, the real dollars, per capita dollars in, uh, let's see, chained $2,000. That's what they talk about, the dollar of 2000 so the index dollar and the real dollar in 2000 are both the same back in 1959 per capita disposable personal income uh, was $9,600 this is real dollars now 28,000 in fact last month I've got the data here in so August three, three times higher three times it? higher uh, and the growth rate on that's going to be about one one and a half percent so that's over time, that's the power of compounding. We all have about three times as much income as we used to have. I'm looking at the August 2007 number. This is right on the site. Uh, real disposable personal income. It's just around $28,800 per person. This is the highest level in the history of the country. And aside from a couple you know, countries that are, many of which are benefiting from the low dollar right now, in dollars, places like Luxembourg and Sweden and a couple <laughs> others are, you know, beating us. But they've got 10 guys, have, so that doesn't count. the population yeah. of Detroit. We've got a lot of guys. This is unheard of in history. And I don't care what the, you know, what some of the pundits say. This is what the economy is all about, and uh, it's at record levels right now. Um, and so, you know, I think corporate profits are at records. They're benefiting from this. The GDP number that just came out was good. Anyway, the market's reflected all of this, and we're obviously still near record highs. The market was up a little bit today. Uh, the other thing I want to say before we get too far into the show is I've gone up we're, and... We're uh, pretty far into the show. Are we? I just yeah. I felt a need to do some uh, macroeconomic discussion there, a little backdrop. But something else I want to mention... Stocks coming up next. I'm going to be very quick on the stocks. I know nothing about them this week. That's why I'm stalling. But I've put something up on the site, uh, Val's Best Picks. I've gone through all the shows of the last year, and at the end of the show, we always say which stock is our favorite. I've gone through there, picked the favorites, put them into a Yahoo portfolio that you can access off of our site, www.thevalueguys.com. On the left side, there's a link to this Yahoo page, which is live and you can you know click on current pricing and get to uh, fundamentals on the company and such it's a pretty cool feature and i just did it a couple of days ago okay so enough of that what's going on Vern? stocks stocks okay three stocks this week uh all in the food section <laughs> well that's um 
It's typical to do three. Uh, you know, there were a couple stocks in uh, uh, entertainment that I liked. Take two, I've talked about forever. You can look on the site and find that or put our code in your uh, Explorer XML code. And this Was that maybe up. like seven or eight? When yeah, you no, about I it recommended first? it about, you know, 10, 11. It's okay. around 19. It's the quick story on Take Two, TTWO, is that Electronic Arts, the big daddy of video games, is selling at four times revenue. Because everybody knows about them, EA Sports, Madden, etc. The real driver here is game boxes in living rooms, and with the changes in television. I mean, even the shape of the televisions now is the shape of the computer games. I mean, everything's moving online on the screen and DVD, etc. You'll have one of these in your home in no time. Take Two makes some of the best franchises in the business. They sell at one-time sales. Electronic Arts four-time sales. That's an accretive deal to Electronic Arts or just a great value to a buyer. I continue to love Take-Two. I own it. I'm not going to get into it because you can go look at a you, past you show. You just did. Okay, but that's too short. There's yeah. a lot of detail in okay. a past show on Take-Two. Okay. Uh, Campbell Soup. Let's change gears a little bit and move to the, the kitchen table. Meanwhile, back in the yeah. 20th century. Campbell Soup, page 1484. And I did look through every stock in this week's issue. What am I attracted to in this week's issue? You well, did not. I honestly did. Not a lot. I didn't like a lot this week. Food, you know, is traditionally grown at GDP or less. The Canadian banks, did you look at I, each one of them? Yes, I did. Okay. okay. That's, I mean, the, the Canadian, you know, the U.S. dollar now is below the Canadian ahead, dollar. I can't ahead. even understand what's No, it's happening. humiliating. I just don't. I can't do the math. Anyway, Campbell's Soup. Okay, you've heard of it. Here's what I'm attracted to. Uh, they've got amazing returns on capital, 26% projected next year, 25, 19, 20, 20, a lot of 20s. That's pretty impressive in food, which you'd think is a commodity. And then they, <laughs> well, you would, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, you'd think so. Yeah, you would, you? but the returns suggest something else. And then and you've got... because it's processed food, you know, the kind that's bad for you. Well, we're learning that now. Yeah. But Campbell is still... Tr it's a trusted name. They're earning 20% operating margins, which again tells you they're doing something proprietary, even though you know they're not. What is it? It's brand. It's about brand. My theme on Campbell, soup mm -hmm. is good food, good. and it's good if it's Campbell's, okay? <laughs> it's a little more expensive than I like. It's 12 times gross cash flow, 14 times free, but is it a low return or is it just a safe return? You know, triple A bonds have lower yields than uh, single A. And you get a two and a half percent. Get a little bit of a yield. yield. They buy stock. They have high returns. They're dedicated to buying a lot of stock. The family owns 43% here, so a deal could happen any time. And I think, you know, that's not out of the question. Uh, they have a lot of brands beyond Campbell's. Swanson, Pepperidge Farm Cookies, which I'm a fan uh, pasta, chili, V8, Prego, oh, or Prego pasta sauce, Godiva they own. Wow. Uh, they spun off the Vlasic pickles, evidently. But, you yeah, know, there you could be a, there could be a sum of the parts deal here. Um, could be. And, uh, and it's selling at a discount PE multiple. And, you know, the free cash flow multiple is a little higher than I'd like, but I think a good deal, uh, given what looks like a pretty good bargain on some of the parts uh, because what they give you is they give you guaranteed access to every major retailer with these brands, and that's a lot of shelf That's stores. pretty valuable. Have you seen the new dispensers they have? They're uh, they're like those soda uh, can dispensers. They where the can lays on its side. 
They don't just stack them on the shelf hmm. in the grocery store anymore. It's very impressive. I uh, have actually uh, it takes up less space, higher return category now for the retail. Well, packaging at you know is a big part of this and luring customers at the point of purchase. You can spend all the money on television you want. About uh, you know half to three quarters of the decision is being made in the aisle. So you got to figure out ways to get people, housewives really, to want to buy this stuff and fitting it in your refrigerator or on your What's shelf is a big part of it. I don't know. Uh, let me see here. CPB Campbell Soup. I like it. You know, I think it's a put away and it's cheap and it's probably for sale at some price. Uh, second up, once in, something we've talked about before, Del Monte Foods, DLM, page uh, 1488. You know, the stock's just been flat. Relative performance down. I'm attracted to the valuation, seven times gross cash flow, 11 times free cash I, flow. We, we've recommended fresh Del Monte in the past, right? Uh, we both have independently, yeah. and it's done great, and it's but too expensive. No, I've rec- no, no I yeah. have recommended this one before, and it's done nothing. DLM, uh, they don't have great returns on capital, but interestingly, they're doing mid-teens operating margins. Well, that tells me something's going on in terms of their value added from a product point of view, so that's good, but they're not able to generate decent returns, so their return on ad- their Asset turnover is bad. They need to improve their productivity, and that's just a matter of buying some good computers and smart IT people and getting building some new <laughs> DCs and stuff like that. that. Well, already. they they probably have. <laughs> they got to get going on it. You know, honestly, they have <laughs> a lot to do. They, they have chart a chart lo- is like straight down relative. No, that's for how relative. Long? Uh, well. Five years Quite a number of years. I also think right now brands are in the ascension. You've had a lot of problems with brands in Walmart, particularly getting hammered. And I think that right now what I've read recently is the the traditional supermarkets are stopping Walmart's share gain in supermarket. And that means that the brands on the side of the traditional supermarkets are winning. They're not going to get hammered on price anymore. Walmart needs them, and I think this could be some sort of turning point. If you go back 10 years ago, Del Monte used to earn, you know, teens returns on capital. Ah. Now it's upper single digits. And I, I'm just going to call a turn in that right now. Wow. Burn. Yeah. That's but even aside exciting. from that, if it doesn't happen, you get a, Especially you know. Especially for the growers of the Central Valley. You get a little bit of a yield, uh, a discount to on the P.E., you know, not a great balance sheet, but uh, you get a you know you get a seven times gross cash flow, and you just have to wait for something good to happen. I think it's worth the wait. Del Monte Foods DLM, and finally, uh, my favorite stock this week, and I see Ooh. I'm really out of almost out of time. Favorite? I shouldn't be telling them that now. I'm going to tell you my favorite at the end. Yeah, so it might just not be that. this. One. I might change. Might be his other. I may change one. my mind. Um, McCormick MKC. Page fourteen ninety nine. I think I've recommended this before. Well, good for you. You know, good for you because that's a good pick. Uh, okay. Uh, it's been going down though, Vern. Yeah, bad call. Um, I owned this uh, twenty years ago in an old shop of mine. It's been around a long time. Sometimes you get a chance to buy it, and when you look at this thing, the stock's been basically sideways for about three years, and yet sales uh, have been going up every year. And that seems like a good time to buy it. Returns on capital have been going up. Upper teens, they lever it a bit, 30% at the cap. Return on equity, 23%. Um, Value line's predicting 9% earnings growth. I think they, you know, that's probably fair. The theme here is that they're a small part of a big number, which is food. 
and um, they're able to get price because their value added is big relative to their price. Uh, you know, spices in a meal are a few cents, right? That's, so it's easy to get price increases. I think they will be getting price increases. There's a good backdrop of inflationary pressure that's allowing a lot of firms to take price right now, and they're one of them. Officers and directors own 17% here. I like that a lot. And uh, I'm going to bet you that a uh, shift in diets towards plant foods is a positive for seasoning. I bet you end up with more seasoning use per capita per meal. Well, I agree with that. Uh, my theme on that is demographics. Older palates don't taste as well, and uh, you need more spices. More spices also, Americans are moving toward a more up, spicy baby. palate anyway, and these guys are part of it. The other thing that's happening in food is... Uh, you know, processed foods are out. That's a problem I have with Kraft. <clears throat> and McCormick, though, could gain a spot as a trusted sort of chef. So you get a packet full of ingredients. You mix it with water or raw chicken. You see this on the shelf now, and that's a very you high see margin. McCormick soup. <clears throat> well, you're going right? to see. You're going to see anything where McCormick uh, spices get added to. Uh, to basic foods, and I think that's worth a little bit of a premium. Give me a little of that. Booze. This is not as cheap oh, as I'd like. It's 12 times gross cash flow, 16 times free, and honestly, this is at the high end of what I'd pay, but I think you have a really solid annuity here. Uh, the balance sheet's in great shape, and I do think they're increasingly adding value with the know-how of how to arrange spices in a good-tasting meal versus selling spices that sit on people's shelves. Okay. And, uh, and for that reason, I think it's a long-lived... Uh, opportunity Time's and I'm up, a buyer. Fourteen ninety nine is the page number. That's symbol McCormick page. MKC. Listen, I know they need to know the symbol. You don't have. You I don't need a forget. menu. I don't need a menu of forget. things to talk about. MKC. If I didn't mention the symbol, that is the symbol. And with all that, you know, I was going to give a, a great modicum of fanfare, but now I'm tailoring it way back to just a tiny amount. Oh, keep your fanfare. There you go. I don't need any of your fanfare. Thank Burn you Burn value much. now. There you go. Burn value here now with some uh, three very interesting value ideas. Uh, and I like the idea. <laughs> you actually gave me a good intro on the, uh, on the stabilization of the uh, U.S. grocery industry. I'm sleepy. Walmart's um, uh, growth campaign scaling back. Yeah. You're probably aware right. in the last week. Yeah. The, Big news was them announcing, what, at an analyst meeting maybe or on a quarterly conference call? Yeah. They'd cut way back on same, uh, same store uh, sales growth um, I'm in terms of square footage, I'm sorry. Their square footage growth. Square footage growth. Well, you have yeah. analysts saying that their returns incrementally are going down and right. they should put that money back into the stock. That's so a fair at the margin, I, you know, maybe there's a value in grocery land, I'm thinking. And it, the problem is that. You know the the high quality large franchises like Kroger, for example, uh, or niche players like Whole Foods and uh, what's it called Ben Weiss or something like that. I mean, they really have fairly strong uh, valuations. But I've got one here that I'm not very familiar with, but uh, looks kind of interesting. Ingalls Markets, I M K T A. Nice. And I have this idea that maybe we've talked about this before, the strange stock symbol. Value line rates so us a four. great if we knew what we'd been doing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this stock was on a major tear from, uh, like, the – it was stuck in a, like, 10 to 14 range for five years until 2005. 
and it did 1830 and 43 as highs after that. It's down off of nearly 43 earlier this year to around 27. Uh, so down about 15 bucks or almost 40%. And that got me interested. That's why I decided to take a look at it. Um, it's a very small-scale grocer. They have about 200 supermarkets all in the southeast, which is a, uh, you know, uh, benefits from above-average uh, population growth. Um, and um, according to Value Line, they uh, have done a pretty good <laughs> job of dodging exposure to Walmart. Now it sounds like, if anything, if there was some risk that Walmart was going to finally get into their areas, maybe that's not going to happen. But the returns are really poor. And they're, uh, they have apparently all of their 200 stores, none of them is more than four hours from a centrally located warehouse location, which makes them very efficient. So they have. Why aren't uh, their returns higher? Well, they have then? sort of typical grocers at uh, 1.5 to 2% net margin. Kroger's returns are much higher. Uh, return on capital? Capital, yeah. Yeah, they are. Um, maybe that's an opportunity for them to figure maybe. it out. Maybe. The operating margins here are 6 to 7%. That's my argument on Del Monte. I don't think they're much higher than that than at Kroger. Well, they have been figuring out. All this stuff has been trending upwards. I think that's one of the reasons the stock had really taken off. Um, Value Line thinks the top line can continue to rise at double-digit rates. I'm not quite sure why because they don't seem to be adding stores. Um, so maybe they're adding... Content value line does say that they own most of their uh, properties and can consequently expand individual stores. So maybe they have a history of doing that, and, and it's cheap. I you know so I'm not an expert on Ingalls Markets, but you might want to check this out. I've got an enterprise value a little over 1.2 billion, almost 200 million of uh, apparently fairly safe uh, EBITDA. So it's about six times. Grocers don't get big multiples, but uh, you know, six times seems... Uh, six times is six times. Yeah, yeah right. And, uh, 16% cash I don't know, cash maybe, a, maybe a consolidation no candidate. Growth, that's not bad. Officers and directors own what appear to be almost all of the voting stock and more than half of the book value of the company. So, like, as you, you pointed know, one out way for a firm like your this, family-owned business, they could yeah, decide to sell in a I mean, moment. One way for a firm like this to improve its return on capital, because they have a decent margin, is just to sell out to someone bigger with better economies of scale. That almost suggests that's what they should do. I'm not advising them personally, but whoever is probably is suggesting that right now. Well, if they have all these stores are located in one place, <laughs> you can be sure that a, a major operator with more scale could handle the distribution even more cheaply. Um uh, and maybe from an existing facility if they operate in most of the same markets. So uh, in terms of Ingalls' cost structure just for this small business, that would be a radical change. It would be a major amount of cost you'd be taking out. Well, so. it's Darwinian. If you yeah. can't earn right. it, lose so, it. Anyway, next one that I'm going to talk about is actually in the news uh, today. Uh, this is, and I would, uh, I mean, normally, given where uh, uh, risks seem to be or investor sentiment seems to be about the health of the economy and risk. You know, despite that excellent uh, yeah, how about my dissertation Thank uh, you. You know, of statistical analysis on per capita Thank wealth you very much. That's and the disposable key. income. Nevertheless, growth rate could be under a little bit of pressure in the near All right. term. Second derivative is going down, no question. Okay. So, As it um, does every so may, often. I, I, I wouldn't to it. want to be recommending a consumer durables stock in that situation, but... You know, this one was in the news today, and we've this is a space we've talked about before because we like the demographics, um, and this is a kind of a unique play. Well, I own one of those, as you know, the RV industry. Yeah, I own uh, four. This is Monaco Coach, 
symbol MNC. This is quite small, 400 million market cap. There's just a little bit of debt, so about 430 million enterprise value. They mostly make uh, motorhomes. They do make towable, uh, in other words, trailers. But my memory is that the trailer business is tiny, like 10% of the company or something. And it's mostly, um, you know, at the margin, I think, higher-end motorhomes. And they're specialists. And uh, uh, Value Line talks about peak uh, ownership of RVs being between ages 55 and 64. And how over the next 10 years, the size of that population in the United States is supposed to grow by about 45%. Uh, or about, well, that's your uh, big art case for RVs, you know. Yeah, right. So it, this is a, this returns. A, within that returns. industry, this company o- offers a product that at the margin, on average, is going to be but more they don't convenient. don't make any money at it. With more comfort. Well, their operating margins are, what, mid-single digit when they're yeah. doing okay, recently 1% or Thor 2%. and Winnebago. You know, I think this brand, I think this could be a buyout. That's oh, my I, absolutely. thesis a little so bit. So Valuelon's showing it at 13 and a half, but then there's one of their little write-ups. They must have posted this today that <coughs> stock down to around 12, okay? And um, uh, I've got a prior, I've got a prior peak cash flow per share approaching $2 a share. So uh, I've got a larger sales base today. Uh, presumably, they're a better and stronger operator than they were. Uh, seems to me, a couple dollars of earnings power. Um, officers and directors own 11% of this business, so big, um, big stake there. I'm struck by the fact that historically, um, the stock looks like it's you know value line shows book value per share going back uh, uh, what is this 15 years here, and the stock, if you look at it carefully generally has tended to bottom around book value. Well, at 12, that compares with recent uh, book value of apparently right around $11, so not a lot of downside risk relative to upside, apparently. Stock has mm-hmm. traded the uh, above $30 uh, a couple times in the past. If I look at a more normal operating margin on the kind of revenue base that they you know, look like they're at least capable of in the near term, a billion and a half dollars, uh, instead of having a 10 times EBITDA multiple. It's about four times uh, currently. It's awfully compelling. So it really very, uh, you know, highly discounted. <coughs> might be some near-term downside. Might be a little bit well, early. On the balance sheet here is great. But, That's but the other thing. terrific value. You want to take a look at Trick, MNC. Did you mention the balance sheet, Uh 8% Because you can debt. really wait this thing out with these guys. Yeah, there's only the 30, 32 million of total debt. And cash flow per share, gross cash flow per share, has not been negative in the 15 years of history the value line showing, so not not too terribly worried about uh, uh, their ability like to that. make it. So, I like that one. Uh, and then uh, my last idea is um, is Burn, frankly, ignore that clock because I took a, a lot of the time. Did you? It's a play on chicken. Excuse me, I need a I need to moisten my mouth. Oh, I'm editing that out for <laughs> sure. Oh, come on. That's the best part of the show. Is it? I, I oh, hope yeah. not. Uh, sadly. Uh, um, I'm not really familiar with this company, but Pilgrim's Pride. Well, there's a guy named Pilgrim, you know. So the symbol is PPC. Value Line says they're one of the largest producers of prepared and fresh chicken in North America. Ranked second in the United States, second in Mexico. Uh, they're also a big egg producer. They sell to people like Wendy's, Stouffer's, Taco Bell, Country Fried Chicken. Um, foreign sales, 8%. That's the Mexican business. So basically a U.S. Uh, 
grower and uh, packager of chicken products. Yes, sir. And we all know that chicken is the most efficient. Well, we don't all know. Yeah, okay. You know, well, I own Sanderson. I've talked about it maybe here. I don't and think so. No, maybe it doesn't no. make it to value line. We ought to switch to the small cap version. But in terms of version. you know protein per pound of inputs, I mean, chicken is about ounces the most of efficient. protein per cost. It's the most yeah. efficient. There beef take about. Uh, I Do think. You know the numbers? Well, beef is eight. Uh, I think pounds of grain per pound of beef. Right. Uh, chicken is uh, pork is four. All right. And I believe chicken is two. So okay. it's it's a quarter of the cost per unit of protein as beef, and it also takes up a lot less space. You can grow it more easily, which is and you it, know it's and a it's a food of choice for the developing great. nations and for uh, and for a society that's becoming increasingly conscious of uh, health issues and uh, backed by uh, the very direct economic incentives that are now being built into corporate healthcare benefit plans to actually force. Uh, covered employees to uh, practice healthier lifestyles. This is a company whose products are going to be gaining steadily gaining share uh, from competing other protein sources for the foreseeable future. Um, Pure play in the best uh, value. The stock in recently twenty nine dollars, uh, an eight PE of what looked like very peaky uh, earnings per share and cash flow per share, less than half of a market multiple. Um, and even at that, the stock's down about twelve dollars off its high. You got to have some huge about caveats. Thirty percent down. Huge so caveats. There's some. There's some. Uh, you know, interesting stuff going on recently. sixty well, percent debt to cap. You know what's happening here? What? Ethanol what? is driving. Corn oh, it's driving up feed yeah, prices feed, right. And the, it's yeah. what it is on this is it's the, it's the gap between the price of chicken and the cost of feed. Feed's going up. The thesis is is that's going to allow them to raise price a lot. Meantime, the ethanol production will go back. Corn will get, you know, back to normal. Well, in price. this case, the company apparently did an acquisition recently, supposedly going well, and they have now expanded their synergy estimate from fifty million to one hundred and fifty million. The difference, uh, if my math is correct, is worth a little more than a dollar per share of earnings. The company is supposed to earn a buck and a half in 07, 365 in '08. So. Obviously, a dollar, a very important number in that context. Um, I, it, it's very t- five to seven times cash flow, depending on which of these numbers you believe. I'm getting 13 times the lowest cash flow number in the last 10 years. And, um, and at that, um, that's on a sales base that at the time was about a quarter of what it is today. So it uh, looks like I've got a lot of protection uh, on the downside now that the stocks come off fairly hard. Take a look at Pilgrim's Pride PPC. In contrast, got an 8 PE here. Tyson Food, the name people associate with chicken, 22 times earnings. History of the stock doing nothing really except going sideways for the last six or eight years. Not really, you know, well, much. Plus, they have a lot of beef and pork that maybe you want a pure play. Yeah, and I'm looking for uh, the chicken play. I, right. you know, why would I? Why would I junk yeah. it up with other stuff? Yeah, right. When I can get the, you know, the real deal. Absolutely. So, Favorite idea this week? I think I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Monaco uh, on the sell-off today. Although I think this Pilgrim's Pride's a winner too, but I'll, I'll say MNC Monaco. Mine's, what, what's your favorite? Mine's idea? McCormick, and that is not my what I usually. 
I would be drawn to the uh, the upside of Del Monte Foods, but I just I don't know. I You're like making this a controversial turn call on Del Monte. I am. It's more expensive. I'm a value guy, yeah, definitely. Stick but with the McCormick. I think the McCormick. Call. What I think is going to happen is they're going to migrate up to a much higher value product with this Didn't whole Didn't you already thing. talk about the stock? Are we doing yeah, this again? Yeah, it's a or? summary. No. Oh, anyway, okay. McCormick. Yeah, MCK. we have lots of extra time. Yeah, guess, we don't. Huh? No. No, no we, we don't. don't. Oh. Hmm. No, we don't. <laughs> Listen, if you're still listening, I just want to say. Oh, please. Yeah, here's my plea to the listeners. Very... You must, if you're still listening, and who knows, this has been probably not a great show, whatever. We're not well prepared. But if you're still listening, do us a favor. Go to iTunes. Subscribe to us on iTunes. I want to show my mom uh, our uh, ranking. We're About every other week we pop into the top 100, and I think if everyone goes and subscribes, we can do it again. It's her birthday today. I want to show her. So do me that favor. Yeah, help us out. Please. Help us out. And we'll, uh, we'll see you next week. See you Thanks next a week. lot, folks. Bye.